Good morning. This week I've been teaching on, on the speech or the testimony of Stephen's in front of the Sanhedrin uh, before he was stoned to death. It's a really traumatic and very, very deep uh, uh, statements in Old Testament uh, quotations that... Uh, that we decided to divide into five areas. The first area, the, the, the fourth area, I'm sorry, the third area today, I'm sorry, is based on Acts chapter 7, verse 17 to 27. So I've asked uh, one of our staff to read for us. Acts 7, 17, 27. But as the time of the promise was approaching, which God had assured to Abraham, the people increased and multiplied in Egypt, until there arose another king over Egypt, who knew nothing about Joseph. It was he who took shrewd advantage of our race, and mistreated our fathers, so that they would expose their infants, and they would not survive. And it was at this time that Moses was born, and he was lovely in the sight of God, and he was nurtured three months in his father's home. And after he had been exposed... Pharaoh's daughter took him away and nurtured him as her own son. And Moses was educated in all the learning of the Egyptians, and he was a man of power in words and deeds. But when he was approaching the age of 40, it entered his mind to visit his brethren, the sons of Israel. And when he saw one of them being treated unjustly, he defended him and took vengeance for the, the oppressed by striking down the Egyptian. And he supposed that his brethren understood that God was granting them deliverance through him. But they did not understand. And on the following day, he appeared to them as they were fighting together, and he tried to reconcile them in peace, saying, Men, you are brethren. Why do you injure one another? But the one who was injuring his neighbor pushed him away, saying, Who made you a ruler and judge over us? Mm -hmm. Want me to continue to the that, rest That's of good. Us? That's yeah. good. And so the, the, the conversation today has to do about Moses uh, in rescuing Israel from slavery. The response of Israel toward him. And what finally God did in the life of this powerful man. As you read the scriptures. And heard the scriptures. One of the things that jumps out. Is that he was a man of, of a powerful word. He was a, a, educated in Egypt. And a powerful ruler. And so, and so a large portion of Stephen's uh, testimony is based in spent time in Moses. As a matter of fact, it's about 20 verses. Now let's just uh, deal with it. Why did Stephen took so much time talking to the Sanhedrin rulers of Israel about Moses? And it has to do with the Holy Spirit leading him to be able to speak to them as leaders. And so here is Stephen... Here is the Sanhedrin, and here is the Old Testament information. So Stephen's is relating to the Old Testament information in order to talk to the Sanhedrin. You see, he, he is going 
by a way of a triangle uh, related info, uh, communication. He is talking, referring to the Old Testament to talk to the Sanhedrin or the rulers of Israel. Now, a little bit about him that is important so you understand. One of the things that I've tried to explain to you is that when you begin to cite Old Testament scriptures and what God has said specially, it is it gives it activates the power of a prophetic word. Now it's a very loaded statement, so let me stop a little bit and and, and talk to you. To activate meaning that the Word of God is living in sharp in, uh, 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 in, 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 in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. I'd like for you to read and listen to that statement uh, in, in Hebrews 4.12 for just a moment. And uh, someone is going to read that for you. For the Word of God... For the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So if the Word of God does that, does that uh, apply to Stephen? And you have to say yes. I told you yesterday that all the people that we met in the period of 50 years are totally new Christians and victorious Christians in life and the Word has changed them. It doesn't have to be related to me. Only to my obedience to preach the Word. It has to do with the power of the Word. If the power of the Word then is what we are dealing with, so what happens when you cite Old Testament and you read Old Testament verses, especially what God has said? It activates the power of the prophetic Word of God. You bring the prophetic word of God into your statement. And that is where the miracles began. Now, he lived 120 years, talking about Moses. Deuteronomy 34.7 There are three instances of time in the life of, uh, of Moses. The first 40 years in the house of Pharaoh. Remember, he was taken by the, the, the caravan of, of traders and sold in the house of Potiphar in Egypt, became a servant, uh, uh, Joseph. And from there he moves into, uh, into uh, the, the number one in, in, in Egypt. And of course, after that, uh, things begin to change. And so, if, if the Word of God in the life of Joseph did something that empowered the the move of God, the same thing with Moses. Moses lived the first 40 years in the house of Pharaoh. He was a servant. He was, a, 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 he, he learned how to teach. He learned how to be the, the son of the Pharaoh. He learned how to uh, uh, be, be a powerful man uh, uh, in Egypt. And so the second 40 years, uh, he is rejected by his own in Egypt. In his life, he moves into the medium desert. In the desert, he met Zipporah. Remember Zipporah? And she ha he had two sons. So 40 years in the house of Pharaoh. 40 years then uh, rejected in Egypt. And, uh, 
in dealing with uh, 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 animals and, and working. And then the third 40 years begins with a burning bush. After 40 years in the desert, God appeared to him uh, in the burning bush. And his encounter with God and his call to do what needs to be done. And so, the new Pharaoh, because the old Pharaoh died, and the new Pharaoh saw the alarming number of Israelites and began to deal uh, treacherously with Israelites. The new Pharaoh disregarded uh, 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 anything about uh, Moses. And he, uh, he began to hurt him, require more, require more uh, of, of, uh, uh, of work and slavery. Now, notice that this new Pharaoh did not know Joseph. Well, our main guest is to see, and quest here, is to see the hand of God moving through this speech and understand our goal here. Why do you go through these stories in the Old Testament? And I told you to activate the power of the prophetic word. So here is a boy who is born out of a, a, a mother and a father, Aram and Jochebed, adopted by the daughter of Pharaoh. And now suddenly he is beginning to experience the hand of God. I mentioned to you that what God spoke to Abraham in Genesis 15, 16 is very important. I'd like someone to read that for me. Genesis 15, uh, verse 16. Uh, why, why that is important? Because it mentions, God mentions to Abram how things are going to be changed in the life of his people. And he's going to use Moses to do it. But God prophesizes. What, what is it? But in the fourth generation they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. In other words, God is saying, I can't quite uh, uh, do it sooner, because the Amorites are so rebellious, and I have to be patient and wait and tenderly try to deal with that people, because the way they're going, they're not going to make it. So let me go back to that a little bit. Uh, Genesis fifteen sixteen deals with four generations. The first generation is Korath. You're talking about sons of Jacob. The second generation, I'm sorry, let, let me go back. The first generation is, 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 uh, uh, is not Korath, the first, go back to, back up, John. Okay. So, the first generation is Levi. Son of Jacob. First. The second is Korath. The third is Amron, father of Moses. So when God says, in the fourth generation your descendants will come back here, He's talking about descendants like Moses going back into Egypt. Now this is important. Because you see, God is orchestrating all of this. Now, what is for us to learn today to this, to this speech of Stephen's? If God is working on a 400 year for his people and prophesying that the fourth generation will go back to Egypt, meaning Moses, son of Imran, son of Korath, son of Levi, 
son of Jacob. Why would he be interested in blessing you? Because the power of the prophetic word in your life, in my life, activates the word in you. And as you hear the testimony of, 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 of Levi, uh, Korath, Amron, and Moses, and Stephen's, it changes us that God cares for me. I am a child of God. I, I am in the hands of God. He is dealing with my life. He is dealing with my problems, my difficulties. He will get me through and everything that I confront in life. I never seen a time in 55 years that God abandoned me. Yeah. And how about the iniquity of the Amorites? He's done me better for me than the Amorites. <laughs> he has not punished. He's not uh, slayed me. He's, he's not hurt. He's been patient in forgiving my sins. I want you to know that. Now, God chooses Moses. God chooses Joseph. See, Joseph is chosen. I told you yesterday, you know, it's kind of hard to understand that the birthright falls on Joseph when he's supposed to be falling on, on Reuben. But Reuben wasn't worthy of it. And Benjamin uh, was too young. Why Joseph? Because of his prophetic heart. If you tell me why God chose Joseph, his prophetic heart. And, and many of the audience here that are, are listening to me today, many of you have a prophetic heart. But you feel so inferior, so isolated. You know, the war calls you Pentecostal, charismatic, automatic. That is the devil. You're nothing but a child of God, heir of the kingdom, and the prophetic of God operates through you, and God has chosen you to be a blessing to others. Get to it! Get to it! We need to do it right away. America's prime for the prophetic to be Related to every single person you meet. So, you need to understand that you might be in His call. When your life has been prophesied over, it's done. There's nothing that can change that. You know, if you ask Betty McKinney why she's in RBM for more than 20 years, because God has called her. If you ask John why he's been on RBM for over 10 years, God has called him here. And if you look at everybody in our ministry... God is called Frankie. God is called here Frank Appel. God has called here uh, Kathy Fowler. It's an unbelievable call. Cindy Walker. God has called her here. God has called Matt Follock here. God has called me to be here. So Moses' father was Emran, the third generation after Jacob. His mother was Jacobad. Amran was a Levite preacher. Exodus 2 verses 1 and 2 says that. Exodus 2 verses 1 and 2 talks about that. Now, let me relax a little bit because I already run out of gas here. Okay? <laughs> All right. Now, Miriam and Aaron were already born when Moses was born. Jacobad was a daughter of a Levite. Me, look at that. Called from birth to death. A commentator of my Bible study Bible says this, In character, in faith, 
in the unique position assigned to him as the mediator of the Old Testament, Old Covenant, Moses' Mosaic Covenant. He stands first among the heroes of the Old Testament. Now, what signs of his prophetic growing up you can detect? No ordinary life. This is what uh, Stephen says. No ordinary life. Acts 7.20 For three months cared by his father and mother After three or four months, when the other children were dying, he is adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. What do you think about that? It's very, very interesting. When God has a call... Now, when did the prophetic call of God occur in the life of Moses? An angel. An angel spoke to him out of the burning bush and told his call. And from that day on... He became another person. Educated by powerful uh, uh, teachers in speech and action. His own did not recognize him as a leader. That's a real sign of somebody called. I'll tell you this. You know, <laughs> Bible says that, uh, <laughs> Bible says that uh, a prophet is not accepted in his own home. I live in Athens, Georgia. I don't think I have a single friend except my staff in Athens, Georgia. <laughs> Well, I have Jerry Varnado as my friend, but every single preacher in, in this area that I'm Methodist despised me and hate me and isolate me and never gave up a single voice of support to this ministry. Well, there are several that have. Is that a, a sign that there is a prophetic call in my life? Oh, yes. When your own don't quite like you, that's a good sign. So notice that Stephen's is speaking to the leaders of Israel. Yeah. Even though he was prophesied to free his people from slavery, God had to reveal himself to Moses with a call before he probably did anything. The empowerment of the Holy Spirit precedes the call. Mm. That's good. That's good. If you want to, be, to, to know that you have a call, empowerment comes first. It's an experience. It is an encounter. It is a moment. It's not something that you, uh, how, how do you say, you uh, uh, can forget for the rest of your life. So notice the prophetic weights on God's intervention. That's the only time the prophetic of God waits on God's intervention. In other words, His Word will not be empowered, activated, until you go through the tunnel of fire. Until the experience. Moses stayed in the desert of Midian for 40 years, waiting. <laughs> Jesus, that's a long time. You know, I thank God that I didn't have 40 years. Uh, I discovered very, very soon after I graduated from seminary that I was a simple, defeated, lonely, rejected, ethnic minority. But when God touched my life, I became a vessel in His hands. And not good, not, uh, not uh, faithful 100%, but I've done all I can. I've done the most I can. And I continue to improve myself in His presence. So, how long have you been waiting for the hand of God to move in your life? 
How long have you have you had your call? Long years until God saw fit to reveal His presence to Moses. More likely, 80 years. Now, he lived 120. So, how many years between 80 and 120? 40 years. 40 years. So, he lived 80 in order to fulfill the will of God. Can I say something? I wrote in my Bible here, 40 years learning... 40 years submitting, 40 years serving. Yes. Learning, submitting, and finally serving. So what can change in your life so you will not not, uh, take too long to submit? The burning bush was a preparation just as Abraham had when he was called by God to cut in half a heifer three years old, a sheep goat three years old, a ram three years old, a turtle dove, and a pigeon. God told him to bring these animals in his presence, and he cut it in two. And he, and he quartered them and, and rested each piece on top of the other, opening a, a, a tunnel, so to speak, uh, not on the birds, but on the three large animals. And, uh, and, the, and a mist came in the middle of the, of the day and darkened. And a, and, a, and a lamp of fire, a ball of fire came from heaven and burned that sacrifice to crisp, accepting. And then God spoke to him. So what does that burning of the, of the, of the heifer and the she, she goat and, and, the, and the ram means? An experience with God. You know, we have a conference in Athens, Georgia called Rekindle the Flame Conference. And one of the things I hear a lot about is I had an encounter with God at that conference. I had an encounter with God in that conference. I hear that all the time. Let me tell you this, from the moment that the the praise team opens up at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night of the the date in, in June... The presence of God comes in that building and He shakes and rattles the chairs. Every prophetic call is preceded by an experience with God. All of them had a prophetic experience with God. All of them. Now, who are they? Well, let me, let me mention to you some. Amen? Let me mention to you some. And... Uh, Moses, Moses, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Daniel, Abraham, Noah, anybody else? All of them. There's not a single person in the Bible that haven't had an experience with God. Is that it, John? Have I fulfilled it? So let me ask you this before we close today. I want to pray with you. That you begin to have an experience with God that will change your life. Amen. You see, we, 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 we have a motto in our ministry. Motto. A motto. Yeah. And the motto is this. We are called to be, bring the empowerment of the laity. Those are, those are Methodist terms. <laughs> laity. Empowerment. What does it mean? It's to every one of you who loves God 
and is waiting for that 40 years to be over to receive a call from God. But before that, you, you need to have a prophetic experience. And so I want to do this right now. I want you to kneel where you are. And I want you to lift your hands straight up in the air above your, above your ears. And repeat after me. If you would like to do that. I'll, and by the way, there's a lot of people from China hearing us today. There are people from Brazil. There are people from a hundred countries. Over a hundred countries have tuned into our website in these last few years. And especially tonight, uh, this morning. And so let me pray with you, Heavenly Father. By the power of the Holy Spirit in me, I ask you, God, to fill to the brim my brother and my sister with your sweet Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. I come against, Lord, all rejection, all bitterness, all rebellion, all acridity, acidity, wormwood, gall, and poison that has caused my brother and sister to reject others and to have problems with family. I come against, oh God, the idea that you're not sufficient, qualified, and able because of the size, your stature, or because of your language. God, let, let this brother and this sister of mine know anywhere they are today, under a tree, inside of a cave, in an apartment in Shanghai, China, uh, in, 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 inside of a boat in Brazil, or driving a car, listening to the podcast that is in the website, latterrain.com. I ask you, Lord, that you touch them right now. Touch them by the power of your Spirit. Touch them with the Word of God that strengthens, renew, and change. Come, Holy Spirit, and do in them the prophetic experience of God speaking to them. God, I thank you for Moody, Sturgeon, and John Wesley, that all of them had an experience like this. And I ask your God to give every, every one of my brothers and sisters listening today this personal experience with God. Say, come, Holy Spirit. I surrender to you all that I am. I surrender to you all that I do. I surrender to you, God, of my life all the way to the end of my heart. I ask you to forgive me, God, for I have left the right side in the, in the areas that I'm supposed to be in to fulfill your call. I've been serving others instead of serving you. I'm trying to be promoted and I like for people to like me. And God, I know that if I'm going to serve you, I'm not going to be liked by everybody. I'm going to be rejected by those around me in my hometown. I'll be, I'm going to be rejected by those that are leaders who do not understand my call. But I haven't been called for them or to be understood by them. And they doesn't matter. God, I want you to tell me to those that I can minister to and receive the touch of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty and holy name. Amen. See you tomorrow. Into the promised land. In boundless love and mercy, He gave His only Son, who became the sacrifice for everyone. Oh, God's mercy. God's mercy so amazes me to every generation he gives the joy of his salvation 
the world around 